Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Live on the road. Here's your boy, Q. Coming up in less than two weeks will be the start of the NFL Draft. It's taking place right here in Las Vegas. Very excited about that. We've been doing a little bit of a countdown and a ramp up to the draft. And to help us break it down a little bit more is Jordan Reed from ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. You can find him on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed. And Jordan, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I really do appreciate you. And when it gets down to this time of the year, this time when we're just a couple weeks out from the draft, how much should we listen to what people are hearing about prospects and how much teams are actually interested in these prospects? Well, it's tough. You really got to filter out some of the stuff that you're hearing. You just kind of got to trust some of the sources that you have, making sure that they're telling you the right things. And that's the tough part, definitely, about doing this job, just because you're not really scouting for a team, per se. You're just going by um, some of the things that you trust on tape, and you're starting to build your board based off of talent. So it definitely does get tough. When it comes to teams and their draft boards at this point, you know, are they or should they be really comfortable in their evaluations and have those boards already set? Yeah, I think most teams already have an idea of how they're going to stack their board. And it's been that way for a couple of weeks. They're going through scouting meetings over the past few weeks where all the area scouts fly into the facility or they meet through Zoom or however it is that they're meeting. And they're going over each position, doing background checks, getting the opinions of the area scouts that are responsible for scouting that particular player in that particular area. And then they do what's called cross checks, which is where some of the higher ups go over and they review some of the the background stuff that they found and then just their scouting reports and then just giving their opinion based on what they saw on tape too. Talking all things NFL draft right now with Jordan Reed from ESPN here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So at the beginning of this whole draft breakdown, you know, really before the season even gets wrapped up, we all have a good idea of who we think are going to be real big players in the draft and who are going to go early. And then there's the combine and then there's pro days and then guys climb the boards. Have you found a player or two that has really climbed the board that you're really kind of looking at like yeah I think that that guy is not only climbing the boards but he's going to be a big time player yeah I mean there's quite a few that you earmark especially during this time of the year Channing Tindall the linebacker from Georgia is one that I really like a lot even though he played behind Quay Walker and also Nicobe Dean two players that would probably be picked ahead of him he never started a game at Georgia and still ended up being their leading tackler which says a lot on that Georgia defense with how talented they were a year ago so he's definitely one um, I mean, there's plenty of others, too. Quay Walker actually would be another that I have that's climbed up my board significantly, too. So there's no such thing as risers and fallers, especially when you're talking about with NFL teams. I think that's just a media thing, per se. Okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. There's 21 players that are going to be in the green room or whatever color room it's going to be here in Las Vegas uh, for the draft. Were you surprised by any of the invitees or were you surprised that there may be a guy or two that is actually there on day two? Um, I think some people look a little bit too much into that stuff, honestly, just because you have some guys that accept or decline the invitations mm-hmm. that they do have. And there were some people that said, oh, this guy wasn't invited. It wasn't necessarily that. It's just they may just want to chill at home with their family and they want to watch it with with all their loved ones and then some of the people that they grew up, grew up with. So um, I don't really look into that stuff, honestly. Uh, one player, you could say Matt Corral, was probably the biggest surprise yeah. of, of a lot of people. 
as far as a name that some people brought up. Kyler Gordon, the cornerback from Washington, is probably another one that a lot of people were surprised by. So those two are probably the most surprising of the bunch that I saw anyway. Again, we're talking with Jordan Reed, talking all things NFL draft here on Unnecessary Roughness. And the Raiders, for themselves, they don't pick until round three, at least right now. Uh, pick 86. Uh, knowing what they've done this offseason, do you think that there's a position that they should target around that area, or is it really kind of truly best player available? Uh, I think it's best player available, but I think it has to be a player in the trenches, whether it's that defensive tackle or some type of interior spot. Um, I, predictably, I hope it's guard. Uh, I think they'd have a need for a young guard in there, and there's plenty of players that are going to be there for them in that spot. Um, I think I had them taking – I can't remember on mock drive. I think I had them taking Ed Ingram from LSU. Okay interior spot uh, with that first pick I think it's at 86 overall if I'm not mistaken so um, I think it has to be a trench player just because I think they're set on the perimeter at wide receiver I think they're good there and now they just need somebody to protect Derek Carr or just figuring out a way to penetrate the first level on the opposite side of the football at the interior defensive line spot. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about the D tackles. I mean, we know all the first round guys. You know, we know the Jordan Davises, we know the Devontae Wyatts. You know, guys like that. Uh, is there any guys that that could be available in that third round that you think are really good players? Not even necessarily for for the Raiders, but just really good third round defensive tackles. Because from what I'm seeing, it doesn't look like the the class is that deep. Yeah, it's not. There's a lot of guys that will be available in the second round. I think that's where we'll start to see a run on a tier your defensive lineman go of course you're going to have Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt mm -hmm. those will probably be your two guys that end up going in the first round then you have Travis Jones Perry and Winfrey guys like that Logan Hall is another name that will probably go late first early second round if I had to guess right now but one name I think the Raiders will take a liking to a lot and I like this guy a lot when I saw him at the East West Shrine Bowl his name is Matthew Butler from Tennessee a little bit underrated right now not a name that's out there as far as being hot right now but I think he's one of those underrated players that could end up being a really productive pro especially early on in his career kind of reminds you a lot of Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech coming out last year the Eagles took him in the third round he ended up being he started some games for them last year is that a guy that you you would say would be a, a versatile guy that could be you know kind of play multiple positions yeah I think so you don't want him playing one technique on those early rundowns I think he's more so of that nose to the ground penetrating three technique you want to play him outside of the the shoulder of the guard and just allow him to get upfield. He's just a natural penetrator, very quick out of the starting blocks, has really, really good hands. I mean, he, nobody could block him at the East-West Shrine Bowl. He was the best player there, in my opinion. I think that's really where his rise started to occur. Had eight sacks last year at Tennessee. He was their leader in sacks a year ago. So it says a lot for him to lead the team in sacks from an interior spot. You know, and you mentioned Logan Hall, and that was a guy that I actually covered in high school when he was at uh, in Belton High in Texas. And uh, I just kind of seen him go on to the next level, seen him go play at Houston. What have you seen from Logan Hall? I mean, that is a big, tall, strong dude. Yeah, Houston's really starting to churn out some of these defensive linemen. We saw Peyton Turner go first round last year, and I think Logan Hall could be in contention to go late first to early second round. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And just starting with like his versatile skill set, I think he could play any position, all four spots along the defensive line. He could play on the weak side. He could play on the strong side. He can play one technique or three technique. In my honest opinion, he also can start in a 3-4 defensive front too. So there's so many things that he can do. His hands are so strong at the point of attack. He's firm and stout against the 
the run, but he also can give you plenty as a pass rusher too. So he just continues to check box after box after box throughout the pre-draft process. I'll tell you, I can't wait to hear his name called. Just again, like like I said, knowing him and, and being able to cover him in high school and now getting to see him uh, fulfill those dreams of play on the next level. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Again, we're talking with Jordan Reed, ESPN's NFL draft analyst. Wanted to ask you about Damari Mathis, the cornerback from Pitt. The Raiders had him in for a top 30 visit just the other day. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Mathis? Yeah, I like him a lot. I think he's one of the more underrated players in this entire draft class, and he was terrific at his pro day. His numbers were out of this world. I think that really helped himself a lot. Has plenty of ball production, too. And he's one of those wire, or excuse me, one of those cornerbacks that just knows how to get in the chest of wide receivers. Very aggressive, very antsy at the line of scrimmage too, as far as aggravating wide receivers. So I really like his game a lot. It'll probably be somewhere, I think, in the fifth or sixth round. I think that's probably where he end up going. But he could end up providing some depth early on, especially on special teams too. Why is he flying underneath the radar? Because uh, from anyone that you know covered pit football, everyone's pretty high on this guy. But it does seem like he's just kind of laying low and flying under the radar. It's just what happens with smaller corners. Um, for whatever reason, the NFL just has this magic rule of where <laughs> if you're 5'9 or 5'10, you just can't take those guys early on. But we've seen plenty of those guys go on to be productive pro players. And I think Mathis is just one of those guys that's probably falling along some of those magical rules for whatever reason. But I think he could, once again, go somewhere in the fifth or sixth round and then go on to be a productive pro for somebody. Again, talking all things NFL Draft with Jordan Reed. And Jordan, just got a couple more questions for you. One guy that I know uh, is, I don't want to say climbing the, the draft boards, you know, because we talked about that already, but a guy that's getting a lot more attention than he was early on is quarterback E.J. Perry out of Brown. Uh, I, I think a lot of folks were expecting him to be an undrafted free agent, but now he's had so many private workouts with teams, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks are really paying attention to him. What are your thoughts on E.J. Perry? Yeah, he, he's another player that I found really intriguing, getting to see him throw the ball live at the East-West Shrine game. Just seeing him throughout the week of practice, I thought he slowly got better. He progressed as the week went along. I know a couple of coaches in the facility, they were telling me about him throughout the year, and I finally was able to get to him around November. That's really where I caught up on him, and I was really surprised by his athleticism. I wasn't really expecting that. They didn't win a whole bunch of games at Brown, but he continued to battle. He continued to fight, and he put up some ridiculous numbers when he was there. So he's took a couple of top 30 visits. I think the Raiders was actually one of them yep. that he took a couple of days ago. So there obviously is some interest there. They could look to take a quarterback. Uh, somewhere on day three, and I think E.J. Perry definitely could be in their wheelhouse. Final question for you. Is there anyone that you're just intrigued to see when and where they go? You feel like, that, hey, this is going to be a hell of a player, and I can't wait to see what team grabs them. I mean, it's always the quarterbacks for me, being a former <laughs> quarterback. Right. I just, I'm just always intrigued to see where these guys land just because that's what really makes or breaks the draft stop. Some of these guys we saw with Josh Rosen, him landing in such a bad spot, ended up with him bouncing around the league. And it's not to say any of these guys are going to end up in that type of situation. But situation really matters with these quarterbacks. Coaching matters. Weapons matter. Play callers matter. There's so many things that go into making or breaking the career of a quarterback. And you guys have seen that firsthand with Derek Carr, how he's progressively been able to get better mm -hmm. ever since he's had a better play caller than John Gruden. Uh, we know what happened with that situation. But now with Josh McDaniels, once again, with an experienced play caller, I think we're only going to continue to see him better get better. And now with his best friend, Devontae Adams there, I'm expecting big things from him. Yeah, all of Raider Nation is expecting big things as well. He just got the contract extension, so now it's time to get out there and get to work. So we'll see exactly how that shakes out. Well, Jordan, are you making the trip out to Vegas for the draft? So I'll be in ESPN Studios for day okay. one of the draft, but flying out to Vegas for day two and day three of the all draft. All right, well, that, there you go. I'm not mad at that at all. Well, you do a great job uh, breaking down the NFL draft, man. It's been a pleasure following your career as it continues to, to rise and uh, keep Keep on the great work, and thanks so much for your time this afternoon.
I appreciate it. Thank you as always, Q. There he goes right there, Jordan Reed from ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, breaking it down, talking all things NFL Draft. And I'm telling you, there's so many different angles. There's so many different ways and directions that we could talk to each and every one of these NFL Draft Analysts that it's a lot of fun just building it up, building it up, building it up, preparing for the draft coming up starting April 28th downtown las vegas it's gonna be just bananas we up here we're trying to figure out exactly where we're all gonna be who's gonna be where uh someone's gonna be at the draft someone's gonna be at the raiders facility someone's gonna be at a raider party someone's gonna be at a legion stadium i mean we just don't know where we're all gonna be at but i'll tell you right now the one thing i can guarantee you is we'll have the nfl draft covered like a glove 413 is the time uh any reaction to what jordan had to say anything that's on your mind raider nation that maybe we haven't gone over yet Feel free to hit us up, man. It's Good Friday. We're feeling good about ourselves. That's the last guest that we have for the show today. So we got about 45 minutes left to go, 45 minutes long, 45 minutes strong. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. We're at the Golden Circle Sportsbook inside the TI. We're here until 5 o'clock. Man, I'm telling you right now, this is the best time to be here. I'm sitting here and I'm watching the Marlins and the Phillies. Marlins are up 4-0, bottom of the second. I'm watching the Giants and the Guardians. I'll never get over saying the Guardians. Two terrible names. The Commanders and the Guardians. Boo and boo. The Cleveland baseball team and the Washington football team. How about that? Anyway, the Giants are playing Cleveland. That's on one TV. The Yankees are playing Baltimore. That's on another TV. There is so much going on. This is great. Horse racing is going on. The wife and uh, my dad, they, they're playing some, they're doing some horse racing. Wife has never done any horse racing, so dad's teaching her the ropes. See how that's going down. She also has a couple margaritas, so be careful. <laughs> Two margaritas, and I'm not responsible. <laughs> Not responsible for what may happen afterwards. No, I'm just kidding. They're having a good time, though, and that's what you could do is have a good time with us. We're out here hanging out. Parking is always free here at Treasure Island. Got the 24-hour kiosk for the horse racing. It's always going on. Food is great. Drinks are great. Everything is going on good. Weather's nice outside. There's plenty of water here. There's plenty of water here. There's a lot going on. I like it. So come on by and hang out. Now, it's so funny. We've been talking about this sound that I wanted to play on this show for, I don't know, maybe a week now, maybe more than a week. Maybe Is it, Damon, has it been two weeks now? It's been about two weeks. <laughs> I apologize. We just get cooking, man. We get cooking. We got a lot of things going on, and it just keeps getting overlooked. And what happens is when we do our rundowns for the show, we always have, like, the 45 break or the 45 segment. And that segment always ends up being – Depending on what guest we just talked to, if we talk to a guest, it ends up going longer. And so then I come back and we don't have enough time to get into the sound, and that's one of the excuses I have for not getting to it. But my man, Brother Marquise, in the 305 rep Miami one time actually sent this over to me. 
And he sent it over to me, and I immediately sent it over to DeMond. I was like, man, I really want to play this. And it was the wide receiver, Brandon Marshall, who used to play in Denver. Obviously, he played in Denver when Josh McDaniels was the head coach. He's on the I Am Athlete Miami podcast. Other athletes are on that one that are from Miami. Also, Omar Kelly, who covers the Dolphins like a glove, really good uh, football reporter. He's on it as well. But he's talking about Josh McDaniels' offensive mind and the way that McDaniels was so, as a matter of fact, like basically telling Brandon Marshall and anyone else who would listen, you're going to have an opportunity to make a play when you see this look. You just have to make sure you make the play. Well, I love the way that Brandon Marshall breaks this down. Check it out. 100%. So we come to y'all in Philly. Y'all super nice. In that Wednesday meeting that he was talking about earlier, Josh and Daniel said this to me and Cal Orton. He said, look, this is, this is different. He said, this is different. He said, the game is going to – this is the exact words. He said, the game is going to come down to one play, one moment. He said, it's going to be a close game. We're going to get in the fourth corner, and we get into the fringe. What is the fringe? What is the fringe area? What's the fringe? Like the 40. The, not the red zone, the 40. Right, we get 40, to the 40. It's kind of red zone. Right, right. right there. We cross the 40. Game is on the line. Coach is going to call this play. We don't have this route. Kyle Orton, do this to you. Tap your head. Be Marshall. I need you to break your rod off and go here. It's going to be a touchdown. We're going to win the game. This is a, this is true story, okay. bro. I'm listening. We get in the game. I'm doing my thing. Boom. Asante Samuels. He DM me up. <laughs> he DM nice. me up. We get in the game, bro. Fourth quarter. We get to the fringe. Cal Orton go, woo, woo, woo. I missed the call. But you, ain't, you just forgot you didn't see it. It was exactly what he said. It's wide open. If I if I got the call, if I remember, if I was locked in mentally. What? We had won the game. We no, lose no, the game. No, no, he come in. He come into me in uh, 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 Monday morning, and he say, "You dumb ass." He talking to me this way. You dumb. Ass. I told you. <laughs> so there it is, right there. That was Brandon Marshall. I've been t- uh, holding on to that for like two weeks, but I wanted to play that because I wanted to demonstrate and and talk about the offensive mind and the way that Josh McDaniels breaks down film and the way that. These coaches, and I'm not just saying only Josh McDaniels because I'm sure there's stories about many coaches out there like that, but just the fact that he knew this was going to come down to one play. And I love how you heard Brandon Marshall right there say the fringe, not the red zone, the 40. That's the fringe. So it's like you're almost close enough to get to the red zone, but you're almost too far away not to. You know what I mean? So you're kind of on that little fringe. And all he has to do, what do he say, DeMond? Your mind, you have to be locked Wasn't in. Wasn't locked in. In your mind. If you're locked in in your mind, you'll make that play. And that, a lot of times, is the difference between winning a game and losing a game. And it's that simple. Yeah, and it also goes to how good of a coach he is to have that adjustment ready there. Like, hey, it's going to happen in the fourth quarter. Just be ready. And like you said, it goes to being locked in because that's the difference between a touchdown. And I like how he said Monday morning when they're watching the film how he's calling him a dumbass. You need your right. coaches to hold you accountable. Because when he was in Denver, he was the big man on campus, basically the best player on the team, and he's still holding him accountable about, man, you really messed this up for us. Right. No, that's facts. And, and that just shows you. I mean, and we've heard conversations that, you know, Josh McDaniels' offense is not the easiest to pick up. But that just, again, goes back to the dudes in the locker room, the dudes in the building. They have to be on their game. They have to be willing to put in the work. You know, what does Lester Hayes say? you got to put in the work. 
you've got to be willing to put in the work to understand what you're supposed to do, what your job is. When the quarterback, if it's D.C., looks up and says, whoop, 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 like Brandon Marshall just said that Kyle Orton did, Kyle Orton, of all people, never a great quarterback, but he was good enough to get it done. It's good enough to get it done. He was never good. He was never great. Just good enough. But didn't win the game because Brandon Marshall missed the, missed the, uh, you know, the, the call, missed the play, missed the opportunity to be the difference maker. So that when I hear stuff like that, that excites me because I feel like you really have a dude that's breaking down the game to a, to a certain extent where he knows, okay, this game's going to come down to one, two plays. It's up to you, the player, to make the play. You know, we always talk about putting players in the right position to succeed. He put Brandon Marshall in the right position to succeed. Brandon Marshall just didn't execute it. He just didn't do it. And to his acknowledgement, he said it. It's not like Josh McDaniel said, oh, Brandon blew it. Brandon said Brandon blew it. <laughs> you know, so one play to win the game. And also, during that time, I'm sure Josh McDaniels won't say this publicly, but he's glad that he's got a team that's ready to win now with mature players. Devontae Adams is too locked in in this stage of his career to make a mistake like that. And I'm saying Brandon Marshall, he was 25. I just looked it up at that time. 25, not that good of a team. I can see how a player would be in that position to just, ah, man, I just, I just missed it, coach, my bad. But when you're on a team that's in championship mode, you're not going to have those my bads or I forgot or those mistakes with a championship-ready team. No, you're right. At least you shouldn't, right? Again, we talked about it multiple times. The Raiders looking like they're giving themselves a three-year window. Get it done in three years. You know, and I, I'm okay with that. And the reason I'm okay with that is they're putting the expectations on themselves. They're saying we're good enough to get this done, and this is going to be the timeline that we're giving ourselves. I always talk about giving yourself a timeline to do anything in life. Like I said, when I, when I, was, when I decided that, hey, Vegas is where I'm going to be, I remember on – what, January 1st or whenever it was when I was in Texas, I said by June 1st I'm going to be in Las Vegas. And June 11th I got the job offer. So I was only off by 10 days. If you put the expectations on yourself and you really do everything you can to work it and, and achieve your goals, you might fall short. Not saying everyone just because you put, put in the, the goal that you're always going to succeed. But if you fall a little bit short, it's still – a hell of a thing, a hell of a journey, a hell of a, uh, you know, expectations. It's good. So you know that if they're giving themselves a three-year window, they're going to do everything in their power to achieve that. Now, again, they've got to go out there and get it done on the field and make it happen, but I love the fact that there's expectations instead of, a well, we'll just see what we got and we'll go from there. Ho-hum. I love it. 427 is the time. We're here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook inside the TI. We're going to be here till at least 5 o'clock hanging out. Maybe here a little bit longer, depending on what the wife and uh, pops are doing, playing them, uh, them horse racing. If you want to get your horse racing on, you can do that as well. 24-hour kiosk. Of course, parking is always free here at the TI. Lots of great drink specials, lots of great food specials. And, of course, we're here, so got to come on by and hang out with us. Earlier when I was talking to, uh, to Jordan Reed from ESPN, I talked about quarterback Damari Mathis and the fact that he actually visited with the Raiders, had a top 30 visit, so... Who is Damari Mathis? Well, we'll tell you all about that coming up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We're going all the way up till 5 o'clock, 5.30. The Aviators Baseball will be right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Got a shout out to my man Mickey, his wife Mary. They're listening to Radio Nation Radio 920 on SA Roughness. Mary's out there soaking up some of that sun out there in the yard. I'm not mad at her. I was doing that at the house earlier today. I went outside, quick little little glimpse of the sun sun out. The sun's out, guns out, right? <laughs> Tomorrow's like, you ain't got no guns, dude. It's true. That I can say. Those, yeah, hey, I can agree. I can co-sign 100%. I can co-sign 100%. The wife's walking by right now. She's got the guns out today. What's up, wife? <laughs> she threw up the deuces and kept it moving. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Danny, have you ever seen somebody just brush me off that quickly, huh? I don't think so. She didn't even break stride. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. She looked over and was like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, deuces, peace. More than likely, she's probably got to go to the bathroom. So, Hugh, does she not know, like, how big of a like how big of a celebrity you are? The fan base that you attract? Hey, man. She wasn't here for the two photo ops he had before the show. That's right. She wasn't around for that. She's Hey, you know who she's a fan of? She's a fan of my dad. She's hanging out with my dad, learning the ropes of the of the T.I., how to play these machines, how to do the horse race, and all that good stuff. That's what she's doing. She's so, at, I was going to say, do you have more guns, or does he have more uh, basketball skills? Wait, who? Wait, Tamon. Tamon's got guns. Yeah, he's no, got no, guns. no. Do you have more guns than his basketball skills? Um, that's a weird question. Uh, I see what he's saying. Like Brian Scalabrini would always say about regular Joes off the street, "I'm closer to LeBron than you are closer to me basketball level." Oh, uh, okay. I see. Okay. I, I get what Danny's trying to say, but nah. Okay. Hughes a a limp noodle, you know. So my basketball skills are definitely closer. I could catch up to you in basketball faster than you could catch up to me in the gym. Um, I will never catch up to you in the gym, but you'll never catch up to me on the hoop court ever, Woo. ever. I promise you that. You'd have to wait for me to get a little bit older, a lot of bit older. First of all, you already there. Come on now. That's fine. Look, I told you. I told you before. I have a son that plays college ball that has not beat me. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. Because me, just like my dad, when my dad, when I finally beat my dad and he is my witness, I could go. Over, I I can go grab him and put him on the on the air, and he'll tell you, he never allowed me to beat him. When I beat him, I beat him. It wasn't because he gave me. You know, a lot of parents were like, "Oh, let so and so win." I was never. I never was that guy. When you beat him, did he stop playing you? No, no, no. He just said, "All right, you know, you, you won. That was that was good. That was. I mean, it's about time." That's what he really he really just <laughs> bragged. It's about time. I said, "Well, you know, hey, but that's it. I mean, you don't you just don't give it up like that." And so my son hasn't beat me yet either, and I know at some point he will. Who knows? It might be this summer. He'll be here, but he hasn't yet. So yeah, I know damn well Demond's not beating me in no hoops. That's why he developed a team. He had to get an army to try to get to take me out. It's all good. I mean, come on. I, I also got some confirmation. Talk to Greg Salerno from uh, Comp, the morning show. Oh, chi- boy. Oh, what's, I want to hear this. He Greg, has oh, played basketball. No, I He's, ran into him today. How could you not? He's as big as a house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're yeah, in the yeah. hallway. So he You're has, in the hallway. He has played basketball with one Tyler Bischoff of the press box from ESPN Las Vegas. Okay. Ah, that's what I told you yesterday, yo. Yeah, but I talked to Greg. I got the story from him firsthand. He says Tyler's good. He says that he knows how to use his height, and he said that I can't. Yeah, I I got to take this with a grain of salt because he said after three minutes he was winded. So Tyler probably could have looked like Michael Jordan to him after a couple of minutes of shooting well, around. Yeah, he was I don't done. think Greg. Greg, <laughs> I like Greg a lot, 
been on his show that he's done, been on comp and everything. But Greg's not also the guy who looks like he's out there, you know, running up and down the court schooling anybody. Not the model of health or fitness no. or basketball. He's a comedian for a reason. He so looks like a comedian. Is this game going to be full court or half court? No, it would just be half court. Come on. Is it three come on, on three yes. or five on five? No, it's gonna, I think it's four on four oh, if okay. it happens. But ultimately it's going to come down to me and DeMond. Me, and, me against DeMond. But since Tyler's been talking some noise, and this is the thing, <laughs> this is the issue I have with Tyler. This is the issue I have with Tyler. Tyler has people driving to work all the time. I guess he's got the chauffeur service. He's got people driving him to work. But then he's bragging about being on the hoop court playing ball. Then he was supposed to go to the cover of the draft, but he can't because he can't drive himself. But he can go to Arizona and watch he, the Astros play baseball. He didn't drive himself to Arizona. I'm, I'm sure he didn't. He's got a chauffeur service. Like He's really got it made. He's got people driving around town, but yet when it's time to get on the court, he's like, oh, I'm good. I don't need, I don't need anybody's help. What's up, brother? You doing all right? All right. Yeah, it's just funny to me. It's just funny to me. But it's okay. I, I want to play DeMond one-on-one, and I definitely want to play Bischoff one-on-one. Definitely want to play Bischoff. DeMond, I already know the outcome of that. Bischoff, I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait because I, I wish he would try to use his height because he's a couple <laughs> inches taller than me. But Yeah, he's a few. Only a couple. But you know the saying, right? There was a movie that came out 30 years ago, right? 30 years ago? Yeah. Oh, uh, what movie? Oh, I get it. Oh, white man can't jump. Uh, uh, okay. I could jump. Even at my age, I could jump out the gym still. I still got hops. Jump out the gym. See, that's the only thing that would worry me if you jumping out the gym like you say. Like I said, if you out here, you know, Dr. Dunkenstein, no, I'm going to eat those words. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, I don't even have to dunk. The thing about it is when you can jump out the gym like I have the ability to do, I go. you can go up there and get a bunch of rebounds. You can go up there and block a bunch of shots. And – if you decide that you're going to put those little uh, those little arms in my back and think that you're going to put some wood on me, I can still jump up and lay the ball in. That's the thing. That's that's what I'm trying to uh, I've been trying to let you know. And so when Tyler tries to use his height and try to go up with some you know whatever, and I throw it back the other way, not only am I going to throw it back the other way, I'm going to talk about it. I'm a, I mean that's who I am. When I play ball, I talk so much trash. Shocking, right? Yeah, that's a real shocker. <laughs> that's what I do. This is what I always have done. That's why I'm so excited about this. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I can't wait till it does. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get it set up. Coach Kruger's gonna be there apparently. That's what I heard. That's what Ed was saying. That's great. Maybe we, we can were, get. <laughs> yeah, tell him, I, Danny. I was talking to Demond last night, and we were, we were saying if Kruger's actually gonna go, maybe he can get us into Mendenhall. Or get you guys into Mendenhall, and I'll just come watch. I'll be an announcer. Look, I'm telling you like this. You know, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. If Kruger is going to be there watching, and I have no problem saying this live on the air, I'm going to make sure Little Q's there, not because I want him to be my weapon on my team to, uh, to play against you guys because I don't need him. But if he's going to be there and Kruger is going to be there, why not get an early glimpse of what his, you know, future 6'4 point guard could look like? I'm just saying. Ooh. Hey, absolutely. I'm just saying. Take those shots. Hey, man, you're guaranteed to miss the shots you don't take. And hopefully Coach Kruger's listening and is intrigued. I've been trying to tweet out videos. I got a video where Little Q is jumping in warm-up line. He bounces that ball off the backboard, catches it, and does a windmill dunk. It's fantastic. That's a, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I'll send it to you, DeMond, so you can see it. This dude, this dude, you want to talk about could jump out the gym, but then again, six foot four, six foot five, 
I'd be jumping out of every gym. Yeah, you told I, me when you said that like he used to play with like Jalen Green, like they were in like the same yeah. AAU type circles. That let yeah. me know all I need to know. Yeah, no, he's that's what I'm saying. Like he he don't he don't he plays, man. He plays against some real deal players, man. He's he ain't no joke. So it's uh it, it's really cool. And and when I saw him go up against Jalen Green, it was like, dang, okay. And Jay, look, I'm not gonna say he beat Jalen Green because he didn't. But man, he played, he was out there and he competed with them. I just sent you the video, Demond. I just texted it to you real quick. You check it out. You tell me what you think of him. Uh, go ahead. And it's a, it's a, I thought he threw it off the backboard. He just did a – He just did a, I say just. It was a windmill, though. But you'll see it. Hey, Q, yeah. real quick, did you ever play against the future pro? Um, Yeah, I played against a couple. I'm trying to think. We played one time, me and my boy Corey, we played down at, uh, in the at a YMCA in, in uh, Oakland, and uh, Gary Payton's – brother was there Gary Payton's dad Mr. Mean was there uh there was a couple guys there was yeah there was some guys that 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 were out there playing we played against some really do good players before but you know I don't think on that level like Jalen Jalen Green playing out the out of his mind because that dude's been jumping out the gym since he was like 10 (laughs) that dude's fantastic I did want to did you see that video yet Oh no, he got he got the ups, he got the bunnies, whatever you want to call them, he's got them. <laughs> Jumped out the gym, right? And Man. he's pulling it back. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's he's look, he's all he's got to do is keep working on his game. He'll be right where he needs to be. I mentioned Damari Mathis. Damari Mathis is a cornerback from Pitt. The Raiders visited with him. He has a top thirty visit. Uh, he has a couple other ones. So the Bears on April 18th. He's going to go visit them. This dude ran a 4.3940. Uh, he had a 43 and a half vert. Uh, broad jump was 11.1. He had five interceptions, 18 pass breakups, only allowed a 37% 37% completion rate in 2019 or since 2019, and that was second best in the country. So, my guy Chris Carter, he's from uh, Locked On Steelers. He also covers Pitt really well for DK Sports in uh, in Pittsburgh. So he told me, matter of fact, tweeted at me when he saw Damari visited with the Raiders. He was like, Q, that's a guy you need to keep on your radar. So I gave him a call, and I asked him about Damari Mathis. Well, Damari Mathis is a guy who started for multiple years at Pitt, missed his his what was going to be his senior season in 2020 because of an injury, came back in 2021, and was the team's top cornerback. Now, one thing to know about Pitt defensive backs is that he will be the fourth Pitt defensive back selected in the last five NFL drafts. But if you're looking at other guys out there and how they compare athletically to, to him, there's going to be few that kind of ring the same bell. If you look at cornerbacks that are that are looked at to be graded in the first round, Ahmad Gardner, Derek Stingley, Trent McDuffie. If you look at really relative athletic score that's used by uh, Kent Platt, the guy that does like the, the you know the math bomb stuff and compares all the positions of all time, the highest score of those first round guys was Trent McDuffie of a nine point four nine. Damari Mathis had a nine point seven two athletic score. Wow, that's because he ran a four point three nine forty yard dash, which was one of the fastest at the at the combine, fastest of the cornerback class. He had a two point five eight 20 yard split at 1.54 10 yard split that shows his explosiveness but what shows his explosiveness even more a 43 and a half inch vertical while being 511 wow that guy got ups yeah. and i saw him do that at pit a lot he also had a 110 inch uh broad jump which would have been the best of all cornerbacks at the combine his 43 and a half inch vertical by the way would have been the best of all players at the combine of vert- well when it comes to the vertical i saw damari mathis every game play one-on-one 
island coverage and mm. it didn't and he was not a guy that got kit pit killed in any of his games the pit could look, say hey go line up with the best receiver over there take him away or if, at worst make his life really rough mathis was physical at the start of routes he would force you to the sidelines and when he pinned you to the sidelines he would turn his hips look smooth go up and attack the football he wasn't the greatest quarterback of all time or nothing he's not darrell revis another pit product by the way Boom. but he is he is an extremely athletic product a guy that a lot of people were slating on before the combine and everything people were saying oh he's a seventh round pick a sixth round pick i'm telling you he might be a guy that you need to look at in the fourth and third rounds because his explosiveness, his overall speed, his his, his athleticism, and his skills as a corner. I, go, I tell, I urge you, Q, if anyone wants to go back and look at some Demari Mathis tape, look at him against Clemson this year. Had a really impressive interception uh, where people you can see his athleticism, his ball skills. He brings it all together. He's and Pat Narduzzi said it himself. He said he might be the best defensive back we've ever had here at Pitt in my tenure. Wow. So. That says a lot about Damari Mathis. There you go right there. That's my guy Chris Carter talking all things Damari Mathis. Just giving you a little bit of background of a guy that visited with the Raiders. Does that mean that they're going to try to draft him? No. Just doing their due diligence on him. But, man, he sounds like a hell of a player, right? And I'm not going to act like I can break it down and tell you all, all the ins and outs about him. But that's why we reach out and, and go the extra mile and find people that do. And that's the beautiful thing I love about Raider Nation Radio 920. I feel like we have so many outlets that we can reach out to and get – backgrounds on everybody i really do and i think that we go the extra mile to make sure we do that so if a damari mathis for example were to get drafted say in the fourth round by the raiders instead of you saying who the hell's that you could say oh man that's that dude that they were talking about from Pitt. remember that guy the real athletic dude the guy that and you'll have a little bit of a background not saying that we're going to be all up to date on everybody but the more we do background and due diligence and ask questions the more we know Asking questions has never been a problem. I love having information, and I love reaching out and getting as much information from as many different people as possible. Right now, the Cleveland Cavaliers are leading the Atlanta Hawks 6-2. to There's 10.49 left in quarter number one of their NBA playoff game. Win or go home. You got the, uh, I almost said Chicago Cubs. The Cleveland Guardians are losing right now to the Giants 1-0. What inning is that? That is the top of the third, okay? The Marlins are up on the Phillies, 4-0. That is uh, top of the fourth. A lot of action going on here at the TI, Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. We're going to be hanging out for just a few more minutes at least, and uh, then we'll know, who knows, then we'll get into and break into the weekend. So, Damon, I know you're in the home studio. Did you want me to take one more break, or do you want to uh, just hold it here until 5? We can hold it here until that last break. Okay. That'll work. Let's do that. I like that. Um, got a text, 69187, keyword R&R from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, no matter where I go, I see a Raider fan, I give the Raiders chant, and I get right back from that person immediately. The loyalty is what it's all about, being a Raiders fan. On the real, this is a blessing to be a Raider fan when feeling that love back. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Also got a couple texts that I didn't get to yet. Uh, okay. I guess that's all the texts that we got. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think I did get to them. I had to make sure. Yeah, no, I had to make sure that I, I got them all because a lot of times we get so many texts and it's just randomly that I don't I don't get to them sometimes because we have so many. But uh, I try to get them as, as, as much as possible. So 
it's all good. Uh, I got a I got a tweet from Jared. Q's dad, you won. Now do it in the playoffs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now do it when it matters. Act like it matters. That's good stuff. I like that. Well, it's been fun, man. It's been fun all week long hanging out here on Raider Nation Radio 920 doing what we do, prepare you for the draft. I mean, think about it. All weekend long, it's going to go by, of course, Easter on Sunday. Uh, whatever you're celebrating, if you're celebrating, make sure you do it safely and have a lot of fun with your family. But then, man, we'll be we'll – be, like on the downhill slide as far as the NFL draft goes. I mean, literally we'll have all next week, and then boom, Thursday we'll be talking about who the first-round picks are. Friday we'll be doing second- and third-round picks. And then by the end of Saturday, after Saturday afternoon, the whole thing will be over. And then we'll start to look at at least the five picks that the Raiders currently have. Maybe they'll have more by the end of Saturday next – or not next week, but two weeks from now. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll only have four. Maybe they'll make some moves. Who knows? But that's the beauty of it. That it's just it's a big mystery, but as we've mentioned kind of a lot throughout the course of the week, I feel very confident with what this team is doing, with the front office, the moves that they're making. You just kind of get that sense of calm and that sense of don't worry, we got a plan. We're going to go get it done. So that will be some conversation that we have definitely more next week, just kind of leading up to it, and then uh, boom, we're going to go full throttle, and I love it. Hey Q, this is just me, just trying, just me spitballing here because I keep seeing that clip of Baker Mayfield on that podcast where his dog is even tired of hearing him talk. But <laughs> yeah. do you think that maybe he could be a draft day move? Because I know neither of us have any inside information on the Browns, but I am so curious about what they're going to do to him because every day that he just becomes more of a malcontent for that team, I wonder what the hell are they going to do with him? Yeah, I would think that something has to give sooner rather than later. You know, I know that there's been conversation. Well, he can just he could just stay there on the roster, and maybe he can end up being a a, a guy that they use as a quarterback if uh, if and when Deshaun Watson gets gets traded or gets uh, suspended. Excuse me, but I don't see that happening. I think sooner rather than later he's going to get moved. Uh, I just I just can't see them letting him sit around on the roster. Now, look after the draft, there's a there's you know a couple little small camps here and there, and then there's a there's a, a big lull of nothing. So he wouldn't really be disruptive in the building, but at some point you'd think that you'd have to, you'd have to move on from him. Um, I think that Carolina is a place I could totally see him ended up with the Panthers. Maybe they're waiting for him to get released instead of having to trade for him and get $19 million. But it's, it's so funny that everyone talk, always goes to the money, first of all. Like, oh, $19 million is what's holding up a trade. If you look at the landscape of quarterbacks right now, $19 million isn't even a lot of money. I mean, think about that. I mean, think, I mean, think of the contracts that are out there right now. 19 is not a lot. I know it's guaranteed, but still, 19 million is not really a lot of money. And if you need a quarterback, that might be a guy that you need. I mean, I, I, everything I've heard about him, everything I've seen about him, and, and from what I saw when he was at Oklahoma, when people doubt him and his back's against the walls when he be, plays the best, I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be doing that, you know, sustain it for a long period of time, but it's something. So yeah, at some point. Demon, he's got to be moved. Seattle's a spot that he could end up, but kind of feel like they would have made that move already. I, if I had to bet money, which I don't, thank goodness, I would say Carolina would be the place that he's going to end up with Matt Rule because, well, Carolina needs a quarterback in the worst way. Matt Rule needs somebody in the worst way. Matt Rule, I think, is, is on his last lifeline. As much as I hate to say that because I'm a big Matt Rule guy, I really like what he brings to the table. I think that he's a good coach. 
I think that he is really on his last lifeline there in Carolina. So they might need to team up together. You know, they might need to get a, a, a Baker Mayfield. One Matt last Rule. hurrah. Yeah, one last hurrah, one go at it, and try to try to get over the hump because if he doesn't do something good in Carolina this year, he might not have to worry about who his quarterback in Carolina is. He might have to worry about what his next address is. You know, and that's unfortunate because, again, I think he's a really good head coach. Might have just got, I don't want to say in over his head, but he made a lot of a lot of changes when he went to Carolina. Maybe that wasn't the right decision. You know, it's similar to what Josh McDaniels did when he went to Denver. Remember he made all kind of different personnel changes? Got rid of the did star things, quarterback as soon as he got there? Right. Did things his way, wanted to do things his way, and maybe that wasn't the right idea. I think one of the biggest mistakes that Carolina made when he got there was extending Christian McCaffrey. I think that was the biggest mistake. Not because he's not a good talent, not because he doesn't deserve to be extended, but I just didn't – I know Matt Rule, who he is. He's not a guy who's going to go in there and be successful year one. He's a guy that's going to go in there and be successful year three, year four. He's going to build that thing up. If you go back and look at the history of Matt Rule, he's been pretty bad year one. Year two, you've seen him get better. Year three is when, okay, that's when they hit. So if you go to Carolina and the first thing you do is extend a running back in Christian McCaffrey, by the time that your team is good and can win, you've already wore him out. Didn't really make a lot of sense. And now you hear rumors about them wanting to trade him and move on from him, and nobody wants to pay that money, that premium for a running back, even though he is a running back and a receiver, and he's just a hell of a weapon. I just think that that was a bad decision. So we'll see. We'll see exactly what happens in Carolina. We'll find out where Baker Mayfield ends, ends up at some point. Who knows? But I know that the good thing is the Raiders don't have quarterback questions. They don't have running back questions. They don't have wide receiver questions. And right now they have no drama, which has been awesome to experience this offseason. 4.55 is the time. That's going to do it for us. Live from the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Remember, free parking, 24-hour kiosk for our horse racing. You can do it. Get your gamble on. Get your bed on, get your drink on, and get your food on. And do it with Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll holler.